With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll dig into some pitcher performances that were short but sweet. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, June 29th, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Michael Beller. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Kyle Schwarber again. Uh, we'll, we'll make some room for that. But uh, before we get to the Schwarbs, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, his former teammate, Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo not in the Cubs lineup on Monday due to lower back tightness, and he was still sore after getting treatment. So uh, the Cubs and uh, his fancy managers may have to do without him uh, for a few days. We'll see how that develops. We have an update on Corey Seager. Dave Roberts says that Seager has not swung a bat since last week and that his fractured right hand is not responding. So looks like Seager's return is going to be more delayed. It's certainly more delayed than we had thought maybe just a few days ago and maybe even more delayed than we thought, say, 24 hours ago. Colin Moran uh, left the Pirates game in Colorado uh, due to getting hit on his left wrist by a pitch. Cattell Marte has been placed on the IL with a hamstring injury. And in other D-backs news, Cole Calhoun began a rehab assignment with AAA Reno on Monday, so his return could be coming soon. And Sonny Gray, his return is definitely coming soon. He is slated to start this Friday against the Cubs. He did just throw only three innings in his only rehab start, so I don't think we can expect Gray to really provide a, a whole lot of a fantasy uh, impact his first time out, but uh, he'll get back and uh, maybe get a little stretched out in that first appearance back. Mike Gostromski pulled early uh, after fouling a ball off of his shin. Tyler Naquin scratched from the Reds game against the Phillies with a sore right wrist. He was replaced in the lineup by Shogo Akiyama. Framo Reyes, he is expected to return for Cleveland this Saturday. Yay! <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. Franny, yeah, let's do it. A lot of us have. A lot of us have, Michael. <laughs> uh, so good news there for Fran Mel Reyes. Gene Segura expected to return for the Phillies on Tuesday. Brandon Nimmo, we've been waiting for his return. Uh, originally, we thought we would see him on Tuesday, but he is going to be a few days longer. No setback for Nimmo. Mets just want to take a little bit more time getting him ready for uh, for game action. So that's our news and notes. So let's get to a little Schwarber talk here, uh, Michael. I was going to say on the Monday episode, uh, make an announcement that Kyle Schwarber did not homer on Sunday. <laughs> I thought it was maybe a little silly and uncalled for, but but maybe not. Homer twice on Monday against the Mets. He's now up to 24 on the season. What what more can we say about the Schwarbs? 
There, there's nothing, man. I mean, it's crazy. 15 homers in 17 games. Anytime you're putting yourself in home run company next to Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa, clearly you're doing something right. This has just been a lot of fun to watch, and hopefully you stuck with you stuck with Schwarber through those uh, really slow first five, six weeks of the season because he has been one of the very best fantasy hitters and real-life hitters over these last six weeks. So is is that the lesson to take away that, uh, you know, a player that has a rough month, month and a half, if they've got the consistent track record, stick with them? Or is there something more here in terms of Schwarber possibly hitting another gear? I mean, maybe Schwarber is hitting another gear, but I do think that that's the lesson here, that someone who has an established track record, who we don't have any reason to believe has fallen off of a cliff, uh, if they do start slow. It's a long season. 60-game seasons only happen uh, in extreme circumstances. This is a long season. It's a long sport. It's a patient sport. Schwarber's just the latest guy to prove that. All right. Well, uh, another two-homer game. Hunter Renfro, his 10th and 11 homers against the Royals on Monday. Uh, Should he be getting a little bit more interest in fantasy circles? I would say sure, why not? I mean, I don't think that he is going to be a major impact guy for the remainder of the season, but a couple of homers on Monday and someone who has uh, started to hit the ball a little bit with a little bit more authority, a little bit more consistently of late, I think he should definitely, at the very least, be on people's radars while they're making pickups. Yeah, and I think just the fact that he's hitting more or less in the middle of the Red Sox order, uh, you know, and and there's run potential run producing potential there. Uh, I think that that alone maybe gives him a little bit more appeal. And and speaking of that, so I was looking at the most recent five by five Roto rankings uh, just before getting on here to do this show. And I was a little bit surprised to see that Bo Bichette is the number five hitter overall. And it's, you know, certainly nothing against Bichette. It's just, that's, that's, you know, that's first round stuff there. Uh, and it's the same thing for him. I mean, he just has an opportunity to produce a lot of runs. And I say this because the reason I was looking at those rankings was I wanted to see where Nick Castellanos was, especially after a big game, seven RBIs for him, including a grand slam. And Castellanos is right behind Bichette. He is the sixth ranked hitter in five by five Roto rankings. Uh, went three for five against the Phillies, hit uh, a grand slam, uh, hit his 27th double of the year, uh, those seven RBIs that I mentioned before. Uh, and the interesting thing, Michael, about Castellanos is his home run rate is actually down from last year. So there's been a lot of adjustments for him this year. The strikeouts are down to where they've normally been. His BABIP rate is back up. So that short season, which produced some kind of strange stats for uh, Castellanos, he's just adjusted Uh, And yet, you know, it's all come together in a way that's made him one of the most uh, valuable hitters in in fantasy this year. Always been a guy who's going to hit the ball hard, can be a gap-to-gap guy as we are seeing this season. And yeah, I really want to see him as one of the starters in the All-Star game just because he's earned it. I would like to see him wearing his Reds jersey instead of the hideous concoction that Major League (laughs) Baseball has thrown together for their All-Star game jerseys. But a guy who definitely uh, deserves to be out there when the uh, starting nine are called. Absolutely, absolutely. And a fantasy fantasy All-Star as well, to be sure. So well, we've got a few pitchers to talk about as well from the Monday slate and no big names here by any means uh, and no really deep starts. But I thought these were all really intriguing. In fact, we're going to talk about a couple of performances that weren't even starts at all. We will get to those. But I want to start with Kyle Freeland, five scoreless innings against the Pirates, seven strikeouts. And yes, you can say, yeah, 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 it's the Pirates. Uh, just about everybody does well against the Pirates. But it's worth noting 
Freeland's previous start at Seattle. Yes, I know, at Seattle. (laughs) But a similar line. One run allowed over six innings with seven strikeouts. The commonality between those two starts, maybe in addition to favorable matchups, is he has really increased his slider usage, up around 40% in both of those starts, as opposed to being right around 20% in his previous starts. I think it's an interesting thing to monitor for uh, his next time out. I'm right there with you, Alan. This is not something that I noticed, but anytime you see that sort of a change in pitch mix, that is something that's substantive. That's something we can hold on to and say, clearly, he has done this different, and he has had success while doing it. Can it last? That remains to be seen, but it's something we can latch on to and definitely something to monitor in his next few starts. If he does hold on to it with that same sort of pitch mix, then it becomes very interesting, especially if he steps up in competition. Yeah, exactly. But you know, at least he's mastering the matchups he should. Not everybody does all the time. Right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Paulo Espino is somebody we've talked about recently. In fact, talked about him the last time he made a start, which was also against the Pirates. Tossed five scoreless innings. I think we probably had the same sort of disclaimer then. Faced the Mets, and this is a Mets team now that has you know, most of their regulars back. This is a closer to full strength Mets lineup. And similar results, five scoreless innings, five hits allowed, no walks, three strikeouts for Espino. Um, so, you know, is this, uh, you know, is this more enticing at this point? I think it is. And an interesting guy to watch, too. A guy who throws three pitches, four-seamer, curveball, and slider all at least 15% of the time. The four-seamer still way up at 60%, so clearly the uh, big-time foundation of his arsenal, but, uh, you know, that slider for him too. It's something he threw just 9.1% of the time last year, obviously limited duty, but, uh, to see it have this much more of a, of a presence in his arsenal compared with just a season ago, I think it's something to keep an eye on. And if that's something he can live with forcing curveball slider becomes a pretty interesting guy. So not someone I'm rushing out to pick up, but definitely someone who I am monitoring as he takes the mound. All right, maybe somebody else to monitor. Jake Faria, four scoreless innings at St. Louis, three hits, three strikeouts, one walk. His first start since he made a start for the Rays back in 2018. Was really, really interesting pitcher, uh, you know, going back a few years. Hasn't obviously been uh, on the fancy radar in quite a while. Uh, Does this intrigue you? It intrigues me as someone who we're just throwing onto the monitor pile, but not someone who I'm going out and being like, oh my God, I got to get him because he shut down this hapless Cardinals lineup for four innings. Yeah. Matchup is worth noting there as well. And then finally, a couple of long relief appearances that I think are definitely worth monitoring. Uh, Bailey Falter, four scoreless innings at Cincinnati uh, before the bullpen, well, you know, faltered uh, uh, against the Reds there. Uh, but six strikeouts over those four innings for Falter, who's been very reliable thus far for the Phillies. And Jose Suarez for the Angels, he came in after uh, Dylan Bundy left due to heat exhaustion, had actually uh, thrown up uh, off the side of the mound, uh, left the game. And Suarez, fantastic uh, performance by him. One run over five in the third innings with five strikeouts, just two hits allowed. And Suarez, in his long relief role, has a 29.9% CSW rate. Uh, Joe Madden was quoted after the game as saying that they may look for a way to get Suarez into the rotation. Uh, So Falter and Suarez, where's your level of interest for these two uh, potential swingmen? Yeah, Suarez maybe uh, uh, piques my interest a little bit because of that last thing from Joe Madden. If they're really thinking about getting him in the rotation, I would also think that they're seeing stuff behind the scenes from him that have uh, them even more encouraged about him turning into a regular starter. So he is rather intriguing to me. Falter, I'm not jumping in on him just yet. 
All right. Well, let's go straight into the Tuesday streamers. A lot to consider here. I'll just rattle them right off for you, Michael. Joe Ross uh, versus the Rays. Caleb Smith gets that Cardinals matchup in St. Louis. Andrew Haney at the Yankees. Zach Davies uh, at Milwaukee. Tony Centian versus the Padres. JC Mejia gets the Tigers at home. And Chris Flexen at Toronto. I will just say that I think this is a bad idea, but people might look at the recent streak (laughs) for him and and want to chance it. No, don't chance it. That's a horrible idea. Uh, Caleb Smith jumps out as the best stream for me. As Derek Van Riper knows, I'm trying to get the nickname Postmaster General or something approximating it to catch on for Caleb Smith. So I'm not even going to explain. I'm just going to say get the Postmaster General into your lineup. Uh, love that matchup with St. Louis. And we know going back to his days with Miami, health is the question with this guy. If he's healthy, he can miss bats. I think he does that against the Cardinals. He easily jumps out as the top guy to me on Tuesday. All right. Any thoughts on Zach Davies? Because three of his last four starts have been comprised of at least six scoreless innings. The other one, uh, an eight run blow up against the Marlins. Kind of hard to figure that one out. And, you know, I mean, the the, uh, Brewers exploded for a 10 run eighth inning against the Cubs yesterday. So maybe their offense is starting to wake up a little bit. But, you know, Zach Davies has been pretty effective going back to really like the start of May. He's not Mm going to blow anyone away. But Uh, You know, this is one that I could see going either way. It's definitely not a bad stream. It might not be the best stream in the world, but it's definitely not an unadvisable don't do it sort of play. All right. So some names to consider there for Tuesday. Uh, What do you have for us this week for the gambling spotlight? Yeah, let's uh, let's throw three games out there today. Uh, let's start with what I believe is the last game to start on Tuesday. Dodgers and Giants, obviously a huge series out west. Typically don't love laying minus 150, which is what BetMGM has the Dodgers installed at today. But it feels like a, a, even a little bit of a bargain. We've got our buddy Derek Cardi doing um, his uh, analytics work on the gambling side for us and has this as one of the biggest spread between Odds implied victory expectation and bat X uh, victory expectation. Odds implied down at 60%. Bat X has it more as a 63% win chance. Excuse me, for the Dodgers. And so I'll lean on that, especially since we're getting Walker Bueller taking them out. Kevin Gausman on the other side, but I will ride with Walker Bueller and lay the minus 150. The Twins at the White Sox, plus 105. Lucas Giolito taking the mound for the White Sox has been merely good, not great this season. On the other side, you've got Kenta Maeda taking the ball for the Twins, has been better since returning from the IL. And again, BetMGM has this as plus 105. I see this more as a 50-50 sort of game. So this is really just a value play. Feels as though this should be maybe minus 110 for the Twins. So getting them at plus 105, that's the sort of odds you want to take when you can, uh, when you feel as though you have a better shot at winning than what is being implied. And then I'll also go back to Caleb Smith, Postmaster General, getting plus 125 from BetMGM against the Cardinals. This Cardinals team is reeling. Carlos Martinez, not someone who should scare you in the offense. It's just simply not very good. So I will take my chances that Caleb Smith can shut things down. The Diamondbacks can push across a couple of runs, and we'll be celebrating getting 1.25 uh, on our money here. All right. Well, a happy Caleb Smith Tuesday to everybody. Uh, it's his his day today. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's going to be all then for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And we just would ask that if you do have an opportunity to rate and review this podcast, uh, that uh, you take a moment to do so. We uh, thank you for doing that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.